Hello and welcome to episode three of 25 to Life. My name's Simon Calgill and I'm joined as always by Christopher Ellis. Hi Chris, how are you? I am not too bad, Sorry, you, you caught me in the middle of a swig of beer slash massive, <laughs> ha- massive hacking cough from Corona. So, uh... I see. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> so well might not be the word, best way of describing her. I'm absolutely not, <laughs> yeah, true. I'm absolutely not self-medicating. It has absolutely, <laughs> has absolutely nothing to do with the Undertaker's Sid main event, what I need to be drinking. <laughs> Not for the first time. Uh, so our episode today, we're on the 23rd of March, 1997. We should be wearing a suit and tie. It's WrestleMania, Chris. WrestleMania. It is WrestleMania. Whoop! 13, looking for some. and looking for others. <laughs> I particularly like that it still, at this time, had the Simon Cowell uh, music that Linda McMahon came out to for a bit. Yeah, it's still a... Uh... Still kind of, hey, hey, party time, sign up to our mailing list and phone our, phone our superstar hotline. Only $18.99 a minute, charged for the first 35 hours. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a great idea, in theory, at least. Well, at this uh, WrestleMania 13, they had the AOL booth with Shawn Michaels trying to work a computer, which is one of my favourite gifts to use occasionally. <laughs> Okay, so 23rd of March, 1997, UK number one, Chris. Everybody knows Brackets Except You by The Divine Comedy. Oh, that's I a tune! Cannot remember that song at all. Oh, it's definitely one of the cards. That's the tune for you. There you go. I'll have to listen to it later. A couple of pretty big films... Well, from my childhood at least, uh, were the UK and US number ones. The US film, Liar Liar. Good, absolutely top standard Jim Carrey comedy. Got no complaints about Liar Liar. Um, and the UK, Space Jam. Oh, fucking love. <laughs> absolutely love. I adore Space Jam. I'm one of its biggest fans. I tell I tried to watch. I think now that R. Kelly's done, got the. Um... Yeah, yeah. If we just if we just leave <laughs> if we just leave R. Kelly out of it, the yeah. the rest of the, the rest of the film, the non rapey part of it, I'm a real I'm a real big fan of. I tried to watch the sequel the other day. The uh, I can't oh, remember the the, the the Disney advert for two hours. Yeah, the Space Jam two, whatever the subheading is for it. New Legacy, I think. Yeah, so like that. I had to turn out LeBron James cannot act. I mean, Michael Jordan wasn't an Oscar winner, but LeBron James is just <laughs> not good. <laughs> LeBron James. I, I'll be honest, I've not seen it, partly because I've heard terrible things and I don't want it to um, skew my opinions of Space Jam because um, it will only make me think worse of the original, I think. There's no, there's no way you can think worse. The original is a timeless masterpiece. Exactly. Um, in the Premier League then, so United, six points clear with seven games left. Uh, looks like Liverpool are going to go another year without winning the title, Chris, unfortunately for you. Um, the bottom three, Southampton, Coventry and Forest all down there. Bloody hell, that is 90s Premier League football, that isn't it? Those teams being in the relegation zone together. <laughs> Was this Forest last season till? Now or to looking like now, it can't be far off. I think they um, they might have come back up because I see, definitely remember having Forest in my 
Premier League 98 99 sticker book, which was the, the only one I ever fully completed. I think that might have been that's probably the last season then. <laughs> to be fair, I know a lot of our fans cheated exclusively for us coming in on random, <laughs> random football league clubs from 25 years ago. Wait a minute, this isn't quickly, Kevin. <laughs> you need to get United's football fixed somewhere, right? WrestleMania 13, 23rd of March 1997. Um, the show itself, were you excited for this one? Any particular memories of, of this WrestleMania, Chris? No, because I, I was saying to Faye earlier because she she sat in and watched the second the second half of the event because I was watching in the living room and catching up this evening. I'm finishing it off around this time. I kind of dropped out of it. So WrestleMania 10, I definitely watched because it's brilliant event. And then 11, 12, 13, kind of just drifted out of it. Went didn't pull me back in until 14. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> My, I remember one match from this card, and I don't think I really need to remember much else from it, to be honest. Yeah, there's actually a couple of really good matches on this card. Yeah, we'll get into it, we'll get into it. I'm interested to see what you think the other one is, but anyway. Um, we get the usual welcome to WrestleMania yeah. spiel. Um, they recap um, historic events, but... There's some notable absences that I noticed. So they show Andre the Giant, but no Hogan. Uh, they show Lawrence Taylor with no Bam Bam. There's no, uh, there's The Undertaker, but no Nash from that WrestleMania. Uh, there's no Flair. There's no Savage. There's just Sean and Brett. Um, at one point, so they show um, Shawn Michaels jumping off the top of the ladder at WrestleMania 10. And I was half expecting it just to say redacted underneath. Because uh, obviously Scott Hall. Rest in peace, of course. Uh, timely uh, mention of him on the podcast. But yeah, I was expecting them just to get, um, get rid of everyone that had gone across the WCW at this point. Well, they've won. They won the war. It's they fine. The war. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they, they definitely um, have cleansed the, uh, the their history of previous WrestleManias when, you, uh, when they did the intro to this show. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't know. There's. Am I right saying there's no America the Beautiful at the start of this? It was odd not to see Lillian Garcia or whoever they would have had previous to, to her singing uh, America the Beautiful, as you say. Yeah, I'm wondering if whoever did it that year, whether they literally don't have the rights and they've gone, no, they've gone, if you want to keep me on the, on the WrestleMania singing America the Beautiful, you can pay me for my license. Yeah. Makes sense. We know how much uh, WWE um, are pretty stingy in terms of paying licenses for for music, even entrance music. Um, you, you barely see on the network. So um, <laughs> I want someone to step up, and then it just have Limp Biscuit played over, <laughs> played over the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> My, my favourite line from the intro package, though, was, this is supposed to be a night of celebration, but none of these men will be smiling. Oh, God, yes. The, the, see, it's, the, the opening package wasn't... They, they, they cursed themselves by being... or trying to be too overdramatic. Well, that, I say, that's, that's a line that just... It doesn't need saying. Just got night for celebration, Yeah. And then just word it just differently, or don't go for the huge dramatic delivery you're going for. It's like when they go when they show the Undertaker, show going, oh, some people will go to the dark side. That's when his whole fucking spiel, his whole gimmick is yeah, the dark yeah. side. 
It's not that he's on the way to the dark side. He's, <laughs> he's a dead man. He's a literal zombie. But yeah, but they, <laughs> yeah, some of the uh, they sort of decisions there were not were not great. But oh, they they try, and you know, it's one of those things where we look <laughs> we look back on it now, and we see where they get to. You go. Oh, well, you know what? They had to learn somehow. It takes a lot of getting things wrong before you get them right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, what did annoy me uh, with the recap package is they're very general and it's all about just mentioning WrestleMania without telling us any of the backstory for any of the matches. <laughs> and what what they did really well in our previous two episodes was before each match, you'd have a, a recap package. As cheesy as they were, it gave context to everything that was happening. We only get one recap um, with the, the story in this one, which, yeah, was, was frustrating. Um, I mean, lucky for us, we're watching this um, 25 years ago, and we've obviously just watched two pay-per-views back-to-back um, that, that build into it. But for someone that would, uh, would come to it and just watch WrestleMania... They're not going to know a huge amount about what's going on. No, and considering that, I mean, at least obviously the main event, we know that, as you say, we had the actual package for that. But considering two of the storylines, the Ahmed Johnson, Farouk one, and the Val Venus, Goldus one, have been running for about three or four months at this point. The Triple H Goldus one. Where's Val Venus come from? (laughs) Sorry, occasionally you've got absolutely great promo packages turn up in my mind. And the woman Goldust returned while Val Venus is sleeping with Marlena is a is a classic. Is, is one of yeah, it's it's one of the ones that are up there with the top of it. So yeah, sorry, Val Venus, Triple H and Farouk Ahmed Johnson. Fuse that have been going on for months. And as you yeah. say, absolutely no no recap package. I'll fill the blanks in for us. It's fine. Uh, so since Final Four took place, uh, obviously we, we closed the show with Bret Hart holding the, um, the WWF title after winning the four-way elimination match. His reign would only last one night, though, as Sid would beat him as Austin screwed him out of the title. Um, for some reason, Hart didn't get a rematch. The Undertaker became number one contender because he finished second in the fa- uh, Fatal Four Way match. I'm not sure why Sid gets a title shot, but <laughs> who knows? Doesn't matter. So, yeah, th- th- then the build is all around the fact that the Undertaker is going to face Sid and Austin's going to face Brett. So, the Monday before WrestleMania, they have a cage match. And once again, um, Austin interferes as does the undertaker but this time austin is desperate for brett to win so that their wrestlemania match can be for the title and likewise undertaker wants sid to win so that he can remain number one contender it's a lot to cram into two or three weeks between shows it's a bit convoluted isn't it just a little it sure is um and to, to not clarify any of that um, it was a, a strange decision. Um, so yeah, Sid won the um, won the cage match as the Undertaker slammed the door shut in Brett's face, and the show closed with Brett shoving Vince over, saying "frustrated" is not the goddamn word for it. This is bullshit, uh, and then pushes Pat Patterson and and the gang over and storms off, being a bit sulky. There's a theme that we're running through this pay per view. Yep. Uh, it feels a little bit like you've been hit over the head with it towards the end of the pay-per-view, but as I say, we'll come on to it. Um, so the show opens, we get fireworks. They've 
definitely saved budget uh, for fireworks by not going overboard on the set. It's basically a normal entrance way, just with a sign that says WrestleMania 13. Yeah, it's 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 poor. It's not it's not great. Small stadium, small stadium as well. Yeah, really obviously, small. Obviously, we know back in the day they were smaller because I say face A and watching she's watching and going. You cannot see anything from the back from the back of it. And this was only seventeen thousand. I was like. You need to be there today and be at the back of 70, 80,000 people trying to watch it. But like the earlier WrestleMania, so Madison Square Garden where 10 was, for example, I think that at the time was probably like 24, 25,000. But going back further, there's obviously um, the WWF's exaggerations around attendance records and stuff like that. But WrestleMania 3 was like 90 odd thousand, wasn't it? So I wonder at what point the um the shift was from that sort of size stadium or uh, size arena to uh almost a just a standard basketball arena is basically yeah you do wonder whether it's a, whether it's a budget cut thing or whether yeah. it's wcw alongside in that time because there's a there's plenty of people wearing nwo shirts in that crowd there's so a lot of NWO and BWO actually, because um, ECW um, had had their paper, their first pay per view in the uh, the four weeks between as well, which I, I forgot to mention. Yeah, so I'm whether with those two competitors they were taking a hit financially and decided yeah. to scale it back or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, so Vince welcomes us to the, to the show. He's on commentary tonight along with King and Jr. It's a very hot crowd. There's a lot of signs. Um, it, yeah, it's a far cry from um, from the, the Rumble where they were incredibly flat bar one or two spots of one or two matches. Um, we've got Vince in a tuxedo, really gone. Uh, Hull Hog made the effort. Same with JR, but he's wearing his cowboy hat. King's not even wearing a shirt. No, that's, that's King for you, laying the tie down again. To be fair, when this, when this pay-per-view starts, it takes that long before, before anyone else speaks i thought vince had gone full jerry styles and said, all right <laughs> just doing it all on his own I'm, yeah budget cuts i'm calling the entire three-hour <laughs> pay-per-view on my own it's a one-man show <laughs> um so our opening contest it's a four-team elimination tag match where you can tag anyone else in always have hated that and thought it was one of the most stupid uh, rules that have been applied to a match type yeah, what more stupid than if you happen to be the t- your tag team happens to be the two people in the ring, you have to fight each other. That's, yeah, that the most ridiculous the thing that they and they say, well, if they don't, they'll be they'll have to forfeit. What? Why? <laughs> why? Why would they not just immediately tag someone else in? They just they just stand there all night. WrestleMania 13, well known as being the WrestleMania, was 87 <laughs> <Yeah>. days long. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, and this this tag match is a number one contenders match for the tag titles for tomorrow night because all of the best WrestleMania matches um, build to the future rather than being settled on the night. That is very true. Because be fair, if you watch this, you're not going to rush to watch Raw the next time with the quality of these tag teams. Forget no. anything else. It's like, yeah, this is the future of WWE. This makes me excited to be a fan. It does not. This is not. I think that's safe to say. So we've got the Godwins, the Headbangers. Doug and Phil are back. Uh, they are, described they're... as the, the most technical team in the WWF. And with the graphic, at one point they are also described as the Headbangers when they yeah. come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'd noticed that as well. Uh, and the fourth team are the new Blackjacks, uh, Bradshaw. Uh, sorry, Blackjack Bradshaw. That's very different from normal Bradshaw, obviously. Uh, and Blackjack Wyndham. Yeah, Blackjack Bradshaw is very different. He's got a big tash. This one. Yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, and we do get a pro, uh, incoherent promo. They t- talk a lot about um, nothing, really, and just make yee-haw noises throughout. They talk a lot about be- cowboys and being men and then the- <laughs> and spitting, I imagine. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, th- throughout this whole night, the term man's man and he's a stud are the themes for the night, it seems. That's good old-fashioned razzling for you. Yeah, that's the one. Um, it's quite a quick start, this one. It's a bit of a brawl as all the teams are in the ring, but then it slows down. Um, did make me laugh that Bradshaw's got BJ on his trunks. But anyway. <laughs> no, I don't, don't care how old, you, how old you are. That's still never not funny. And the, Yeah, so the ha- headbangers both get tagged in. And as you say, they are forced to fight each other. Um, it's weird. Why they thought that would be entertaining. <laughs> It's almost as weird as the awful, shitty mini mosh pit thing they do. Has has ever there been two people who clearly aren't alternative music fans forced to have a gimmick? I'm not sure there's anyone who's been forced to carry a worse gimmick that they just don't understand. (laughs) I I didn't get the impression that they were sort of lying about liking metal and alternative lifestyle. Do you? Yeah. Completely. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I, I think I think when they when they jump into each when they have to do that weird mosh bit bit, that shows their where they jump and bump their asses into each other. Yeah, you mean. and then they go and wander out. That shows me they immediately have no understanding of what actually occurs in a mosh bit or even making it look like a comedy one. I just yeah, I feel they. Be fair, I might be wrong. They might be the biggest metal fans in the world, but Who knows? me, they just. There's there's something that just says to me, they go home, put on some, I don't know, put on some David Cassidy or whatever they get. <laughs> the, uh... Yeah, potentially. New Blackjacks and Doug and Phil are um, fighting on the outside. The ref um, goes to intervene, but Bradshaw pushes him down. So the Blackjacks got, get disqualified and Doug and Phil get counted out. Um it doesn't seem very fair. And what's also a bit annoying about it is that there's no announcement. The Fink's there. The crowd must have no idea what's happening. <laughs> they probably just assumed they've had enough. They've seen yeah. them already. <laughs> right. That's it. They've, they've clearly gone, this is shit. We're going. Yeah. Um, the commentary team do a lot of talking about the unusual attire of the headbangers, um, which we've sort of covered. Um an interesting moment as they spit on each other, though, the Godwins and um, the Headbangers. Yeah, and also also interesting this this match for Vince's assertion on what the Godwins might get up to with livestock as well, which is just yeah. fucking comes out of nowhere. Yeah, he, so as, as they spit on each other, he says, careful, there's no telling what Phineas does to those farm animals. Because Lawler won't let him, he could have just let it go. Lawler won't let it drop after that. Classic it's, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just odd. They, yeah, they're be fair. They're all, oh, not off their game tonight. The commentary team because they're okay, but they all say some odd things. They all say some nasty kind of vindictive things as well. They're not. They're yeah, not, uh, they're 
they're out to make a point at various points in the in the show. I think. Yeah, they're not they're not very generally decent or not very upstanding, nice members of the wrestling community tonight. And I think J- Jr. <laughs> what a surprise for King. <laughs> I know. See, King, I, King, I expect, I expect, but I say Jr. has some moments, and for someone as good on commentary as he is, I think Jr. has one of his weakest times we've ever seen or listened to him on commentary tonight. Yeah, it, he's um. Again, he's, we mentioned it at the Rumble where there was the three of them at, um, on commentary um, and then it was just King and JR um, at Final Four. But JR seems to be almost pushed again into that sort of legitimate sports um, persona that it, and it, it must be difficult for him to switch between the two like constantly when, when Vince fancies doing a bit of play-by-play. Yeah, I'd say just... Uh... Just weak, weak this week on the week this week, weak this pay per view. But as I say, we know JR's quality, so we can give him a let pass for a bad day, I suppose. Yeah. At uh, the end of this one, so Mosh goes to the top rope, hits the top rope sent on for three. Um, don't often see a top rope sent on it unless it's Rey Mysterio, but that ends the match. Um, not a great start to a WrestleMania if you compare it to some of the openers like Brett Owen and, and so on. Yeah, true. It's, it, it's not a great match. I say the senton looked really good, though. I appreciate that. And yeah. I appreciate also attempting a moonsault as well. So to be fair, the headbangers were not an off. Out, the, out of these four tag teams, they are probably the best of a bad bunch i feel oh, i thought doug and phil were quite impressive for it there was a couple of nice suplexes they hit but I mean, you can tell that they are very good technical wrestlers but i imagine the reason that we don't know a huge amount about them is because of a bit of a, a lack of personality yeah i think that's the thing as i say i think taking it all into account i think headbangers edge the uh, the mvp of the tag teams for this particular yeah. but then again we don't see enough of doug and phil because they get that bizarre I just have a bizarre count out that means yeah. we just, we've barely seen them in it. Um, so they're the number one contenders and they will challenge the tag champions, whoever they are, tomorrow night on Raw. Up next, we get the Honky Tonk Man coming to the ring. Um, are they actually going to show and do something useful tonight, unlike uh, the previous show? Yeah, I was going to say, we just can't get rid of the bloke. Honestly, he will not, just keeps coming out. I wonder if he's just desperate for a paycheck. He's like, right. He's just bought a ticket. He's like, I'm going to keep coming out. And then eventually they will go, hey, we want you to stay and do something. Uh, so we have him go Maybe to commentary. Maybe he just didn't realise that he's actually not wrestling anymore. <laughs> yeah, that he shouldn't be there. Uh, so he goes to co- the commentary team because three commentators wasn't quite enough. And we'll get more guest commentators through the night just to really make sure that you're listening to someone's voice at all times. <laughs> Yeah, they do. They do go commentary crazy, but you know what? Actually, Honky Tonk was quite good on the commentary for this match. Yeah, um, fair enough. So, next match we have is the Sultan with the Iron Shake and Bob Backlund versus Intercontinental Champion Rocky Maivia. Um, it, my immediate thoughts when uh, I saw this were, "Oh, good, they've gone for a boo the foreign guy match." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh... <clears throat> It's not, it's not great, especially when you go. Oh, there's there's a shake with him, and then there's the American translator in this case, Bob Backlund. So it's, 
Yeah, was... now going by Mr. Backland, of course, rather than just Bob. Oh yeah, sorry, Mr. Mr. Backland, indeed. Be fair, the, the sort of an awful racist gimmick, but good rest, good wrestler. Yeah, um, I, this match was better than I anticipated it. I'm probably thinking it. So I saw the um, the Sultan's boots with the sort of toes curling round and it immediately immediately made me think well this is going to be terrible because the iron shake couldn't wrestle at all um but he was a great heel but couldn't wrestle for for anything um so yeah i probably had low expectations going in and they were um they they were raised slightly i would say that's a ringing endorsement for this match isn't it in, indeed, it is. Was the Sultan not one of the Samoans? Is he not Fatu or Rikishi? Is Rikishi? I thought it were. Yeah, so he, he can definitely wrestle. And who knew that all this time later he did it for the Rock once again, Chris? <laughs> he put the Rock put the Rock over in a ridiculous costume. He's like yeah. did it for my cousin. Yeah, so I, I um, very much underestimated the Sultan's ability. It's fair to say. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad. Bad match, Honk, honky tonk, giving lots of abuse to the Rock, very much kind of a the break his neck, kill him kind of variety. Yeah, he's well, him and King are very anti Rock, talking about how lucky he is to be the uh, the champion. He shouldn't be called Rocky; he should be called Rookie Mayavir. Oh, classic! Um, and at one point, King says. Um, he he won a slammy the rock and uh, King's talking about his speech. Instead, he was so boring that Christopher Reeve got up and walked out. Topical. <laughs> that is a bizarre. What are you doing? There's some uncomfortable lines of commentary. I think it's fair to say um, through through the night. Again, the rock slowly improving. He hits a nice uh, DDT, uh, the the sort of tilter tilter world DDT, if you like. Um, splash off the top, uh, but Owen Shakes dis- uh, distracting the referee. And eventually, this one ends with a roll-up. If he's going to just win with a roll-up after being distracted, why bother with the distraction at all? Yeah, don't. There's some awful endings in this in this yes. event, in this whole pay-per-view. Really, really screw poorly four-out endings. This is one of them. Don't. It's WrestleMania. Don't have someone win with a roll-up, especially <laughs> like if the the idea was to. Um, to take the belt off the um, off Rocky, sorry, not the Rock. Who's the Rock at this point? Um, then they would. You can understand the distraction, and then maybe get the match going. But it was a distraction, and then a roll up straight away. They could have just done the the ending with the the splash, as as we'd seen with the Rock previously. Exactly. It just it just makes it makes no one look it makes no one look good. The Sultan looks shit because he's just lost a roll up. The Rock looks like he's just got a lucky roll up pin. It's not a heel, so he can't grab the tights and get away with the dastardly heel side of it. Absolutely yeah. no one wins from ending that match that way. No, 100%. Um, after the match, Iron Sheik and Sultan come in and they start beating The Rock down um, until his dad comes out. The Sultan hits him with a flag, but they manage to come back and fight fight them off and hug to have a bit of a feel-good moment. It's, it's interesting at this point that... Um, that Rocky Johnson is um, more over than Rocky Maivia. Yeah, he's in good shape as well. <laughs> I'm not sure when he retired, but he's in for a dad bod. He is in a good, good condition. Good Nick, definitely. What do you think of the the Intercontinental Title match then, Chris? 
it was it was okay. The problem the problem with the sorting is as even if he looks strong, what are they gonna do with him? It's just some racist stereotype guy in a mask and curly shoes. They're not gonna suddenly have him pushed to be in headlining WrestleMania the next year, no matter if he went out there and put on one of the greatest matches you've ever seen. Well, I think he's got a big future and he might even um, get involved in a six-man Hell in a Cell sometime down the road. <laughs> the, one, the, the thing I'm sitting there thinking is like, you know, obviously we've, we've seen people come in and have a meteoric rise and have big matches. But the speed that Rock goes from his first WrestleMania to headlining is absolutely nuts. It's absolutely no. crazy, yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, what was it? So, what year? Uh, was two it? years. 15? Sorry, two years. Fifteen, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. So for his first WrestleMania, two women, two years headlining it. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous rise. So backstage, Todd uh, Pettengill has Shamrock with him. Um, who talks us through him grappling Billy Gunn. He points out that he wasn't trying to hurt him. He just wants everyone to know who he is. Just tell him. You come out, yeah. you come out, with, you come out with a microphone most weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's the uh, special guest referee for the submission match because he's from the ultimate fighting world, as they keep telling it. I... It, it, was it not called UFC back in the day? <laughs> was it Ultimate Fighting World? It was definitely UFC. It was definitely still the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. I think they were just trying to separate away with it. Not paying from, for it. <laughs> yeah, maybe they maybe they didn't want to think of actually having other championship belts to delegitimize WWF. So like, yeah, oh, it's Ultimate Fighting World. <laughs> Ultimate when all Chandler from Friends, there. Ultimate Fighting World. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Shamrock also points out, yeah, he won't be un- intimidated, um, you, which as an ultimate fighting world man is uh, fair enough. I'll tell you what, actually, for a, man, for a man who has all the charisma of a vacuum cleaner, Ken Shamrock actually delivered a really good promo. I was like, yeah, that, I'll tell you what, if it was only like 20, 20 years later they nailed this character with Lesnar, if they had yeah. Shamrock come in as, if they had Shamrock come in as just I'm just here to get paid and win and not care about any of the other bits. That would have been a, rather than having this complete mentalist who loses temporal time coming in early. People. They should have just done that. Should have just had him as just like, no, you know what? I come in, I come in to fight. I get paid. I'll win. It would have been a brilliant character. That's what they should have done. Well, they could have kept him as that, but well, I'm sure we'll come on to it in the coming months when uh, he actually starts to, to, work in uh work matches and so on yeah it's just yeah but i think when you when you you look back on obviously you can't have everyone be a huge star and some characters just don't work but i think they missed a trick with shamrock considering how big a ufc star he actually was and what he could do in the ring i think they really did miss miss an opportunity fair enough um we also have Doc Hendricks, who's got Triple H and China um, backstage. Um, Doc says that everyone's still unsure as to the relationship between the two, um, which was interesting given that Triple H denies they ever ha- had a relationship in real life. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, beside the point. Um, and they, he goes on to ask questions around his match with Goldust. Um, 
Triple H's promo was okay, I think. You can tell that he's a, a man that's uh, got a, a fair future with the company, I think. Yeah, he, he's, he's decent. A lot of shouty promos this WrestleMania. A lot of, yeah. a lot of sh- that's really, I think mean, that's why Shamrock sticks out, because he's the only one who's calm. There's a lot of shouty, shouty people. He doesn't understand what WrestleMania is. It's his first time here. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was very much fair. Because obviously, even when we go later with Bulldog and Owen, Again, very shouty, shouty people. But yes. it's it's fine. I say Triple H. You can tell from the off, as you say, he's he's clearly a man who's a quality wrestler and knows how to handle the mic and deliver a promo. So he was he was all set from the outset to actually succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Um so Triple H and then Goldust make their entrances. Um it was quite uncomfortable, this one, because of the way that the commentary team and fans treat uh, China, basically. So there's two signs that I noticed during Triple H's entrance. One of them said, who who wears the pants in your relationship? And the other one said, when Hunter and China get silly, who gets the willy? <laughs> that's, that's shocking. I laughed out. Um, I laughed out. Not how thinking I was brilliant, but just how sheer... Wow, <laughs> someone has actually put that that on a on a piece of card and gone in. Yeah. The WWF have gone right as they got in. They've gone, yeah, that, that's absolutely fine. Well, the commentary for um, the way they talk about China on commentary is ridiculous. Like Vince says that she, she's monstrous like several times. Um, at one point, King, King says Goldust like likes movies so much. I think they filmed Gorillas in the Mist in her shower. First of all, what has that got to do with gold dust? And second of all, what? <laughs> like, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's no wonder that China felt so self-conscious about how she looked that she ended up having um, a, a lot of plastic surgery to like change her entire yeah. appearance. I mean, even I say even Jay Arkles was Mister Ed in this one. Yeah. So it's no wonder that fans think that those sort of signs are acceptable. Yeah, as though, as I say, even if the voice of reason JR is joining in and slagging off someone, then you know it's really gone to shit at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this one, obviously, um, we've covered these two twice already so that the feud continues but again no backstory no context at all um they do mention that goldust is very concerned about marlena uh, and her physical welfare being at ringside maybe just don't bring it to ringside then <laughs> yeah that would, that would be number one on my list of things today it's like oh, i really don't like flying i'm just gonna get on this plane yeah <laughs> there's nothing else i should do so um, the crowd are quite into Goldust here. Uh, Triple H does hit a face buster to, as a comeback and then dominates, though. Um, and I thought the middle part of this match really started to drag. Um, and it was almost that the crowd were waiting for China to do something. And right on cue, she walked around the ring um, towards Marlena. Goldust gets distracted by it, gets cap- cap- catapulted sorry, into Marlena, who then fell into China's arms and was ragdolled in a bear hug. Um, Triple H then hit the pedigree for the win. It it started quite hot, but then it got into a, a bit of a holding pattern. And considering we've seen the 
the same match two pay-per-views in a row i could have probably uh, done with something a little different yeah I, I know what you mean as i said i didn't i didn't mind the match so i thought the match was decent and as you say though they started hot middle section drags but i think they pick it up again for the ending at least i suppose the problem is just with the length of the pay-per-view though isn't it because i mean it's two hours 45 or whatever it is around that time yeah, yeah there's yeah. only seven there's only seven matches on the card yeah um so yeah the, the, and uh vader's not going 40 minutes let's be honest <laughs> no no that's that's true bell the bell is not going for buffet the buffet 40 minutes that's... <laughs> yeah uh, that's a standard um but yeah i thought as i say i started hot and it they, they're obviously positioning um china and triple h as a bit of a power couple going forward yeah as i say i think technically the match is fine i enjoyed that's thing apart from that middle section where it where it lags a bit i i enjoyed it i think as you said i know you said there's only one decent match on the card I think you this thought is, this was the other one, then, I, yeah? No, I think there's a couple. I say I think this. I think this is a perfectly decent match, apart from the the lag in the middle. And then yeah. I also think the one that's coming up next is also a decent enough match as well. I was I was more enjoyed by the. I was more thrilled by the next one coming up. But I think they're two with the wrestlers involved. I think that this one and the next match they're two solid, perfectly entertaining matches. Let's waste no time. Let's get into it then. So Vader and Mankind with Paul Bearer taking on Bulldog and Owen for the tag titles. Once again, Vader gets the chance to impress me. Let's see how he does with uh, one of my favourite wrestlers of all time and another one as his tag team partner. So um, I love the the look of Mankind at this point in time. So he's got the brown rags, um, obviously the brown mask, but his hair is almost as though he's pulled it out. He's in full um, psychotic mode here, Mankind. Yeah, this is... It's the darkest incarnation of of Mankind. It's not, it's not my favourite, I'm not going to lie. Shirt and tie, Mankind is, is, my, is my personal highlight, but it's their own. Yeah. Um, and then we obviously we get the Bulldog and Owen coming out um, to rule Britannia. The fans are very into it. I assume that there's UK fans out there. And the commentary team wastes no time talking up the fact that we're on Sky Sports 1 and we're shown all over, all over the UK and everyone's proud of him. Um, JR runs up and uh, asks Bulldog, are you offended uh, that Owen said he was smarter than you? What a shit stirrer. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like they were trying to cause controversy. Yeah. <laughs> I we get, yeah, you, I don't, you mentioned. Sorry, go on. So I was going to say, I nearly said, obviously, obviously, scripted. I nearly, I nearly lost it for a minute. I was like, as if he's going to say, yeah, as if he's going to go, yeah, I am, I am offended. I don't have a he massive said, issue with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned about the fact that um they're, they're quite shouty as they're answering the questions but that's because their entrance music is still playing while they're being interviewed yeah true they do have a crowd screaming and music playing at the time I, yeah to be fair that is that is quite right be fair yeah, and sid will sid will equal it out with his quiet bits later on it's fine yeah yeah, I'm sure he will. Um, so at this point in time, Owen's got two slammies. Bulldogs just won the European title. So their they're sort of new team slogan, he's got two belts, I've got two slammies. Um, and I did notice Owen's um, singlet now has 
uh, times two slammy written on the side of it. Even though he didn't win the slammies, he just nicked them because he was presenting the awards and went up and just took it. Perfect work. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant here. We're prime prime Owen Hart of this, of this yeah, time. Yeah, 100%. God, God I miss Owen Hart. And um, there's exciting things on, on the horizon for him in 1997. Um, not to jump too... Uh, too far ahead in our time machine. Um, King on commentary says the only time Vader has seen nine oh two one oh was on scales. I'm not sure where that line comes from. <laughs> Why are you talking about nine oh two one oh? Must have been. Was it big around this time? I can't remember what what was big on TV around ninety seven. But I don't just walk around like making if the, what are supposedly topical could be topical references yeah i know that's i know that's what i'm saying it is it is it is odd for two reasons it's odd one it's just come out of nowhere and i say i'm not sure if it was a huge show at the time you go okay fair enough they might have been chatting about it off camera and which we still don't work but if it's a show that's been off the air for eight years at this point then it's also even also i mean we're, we're, we're covering a pay-per-view that took place 25 years ago to the day, so maybe we shouldn't be too judgmental about what's uh, topical or not. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you know what? It's, it's so easy to mock King and fun. So we'll <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, as expected going into this one, Owen makes Vader look a million dollars. He bumps all around for him, throws himself around the ring. It's a little bit weird that the... Um, Owen and Bulldog are the face team here because whenever we've seen them in the last few months, they've been uh, the heels, uh, heel champions. Yeah, I don't think they're. Re- I think it's one of those one of those odd matches anyway. We've got no clear their their face just because people don't kind of don't like mankind invaders as much. I yeah, don't think anyone, the anyone, lesser of two evils. Yeah, I don't think anyone watches the kind of slimy heel Owen character here and goes, "Oh, I'm a huge fan of that kind of behaviour." We do. No, we can say that looking back now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, indeed. Um, Bulldog, with a very impressive feat of strength, easily suplexes Vader. Um, there's one thing you can say about Bulldog. You can't say he's not strong. <laughs> What's that you say about Bulldog? He's full of roids. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was saying, reading between the lines. But anyway, um, one of my highlights for this match was the smug face that Paul Bearer makes on the outside as the camera just pans to him. And he's, it's Mr. Burns' excellent style hand gesture, just with his twisting, uh, twisting his head and his face going with his pert lips. It was, it made me lol, to be fair. Yeah, it's just, obviously with Paul Bearer, it's just, it's still a, just an odd, Odd pairing. I understand. Obviously, he brings he comes in with mankind when he's there. When he debut, to have him still managing mankind when mankind is team with Vader, though, just seems yeah. really odd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does feel strange. Um, the the crowd are quite flat through the middle part of this match again, as as Vader and mankind dominant uh, dominate. Sorry, um, the amount of time that Grizzly Bears are mentioned through this match is. I would say surprising, but having watched the last two pay-per-views with Vader, not not so, maybe. He's just a big old Kodiak. That's the one. That's the bear. Um Why does King love Owen Hart so much? When Even when he's sort of the face, um, part of the face team. 
I, I wonder whether it's just whether it's I don't maybe it's just because of Brett around this time. Maybe maybe Owen's so anti Brett that <laughs> you can't help yeah. but love him. <laughs> yeah. Helen and Stuart Hart are at, um, at ringside and King, as he did in the, the previous match, talks about how he's uh, Owen's their, their least favourite son and all, all of that stuff. I'll tell you what, just before, it's, it's rare, rare I'll agree with King. When he's, when he's telling Stuart Hart to wake up, I'll tell you what, Stuart Hart <laughs> does, does, does look like he's dozed off. To be fair, he looks like that throughout the, uh, the, the Brett match later as well, so... I think it might just be is his episode uh, or personality, to be honest. Yeah, I did wonder. I thought, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm loaded to agree with King. He's, he's absolutely got that one spot on. Yeah. Um, we get a hot tag to Bulldog, um, who rips Vader's mask off, which he wouldn't have been happy about. Uh, the close of the match, though, so... Mankind gets the mandible claw on Bulldog. Um, Vader comes in accidentally knocks Owen into the two of them, which sends them to the outside. Mankind refuses to let the mandible, mandible claw go and they get counted out. Um, and it's a, a double, yeah, the double count out as he just wouldn't release him. Um, Vince, interestingly on, t- on commentary says, I think he's paralyzed. It's a strange yeah. use of that, that word, but. Yeah, especially yeah, it indicates a man who doesn't know what a word means. <laughs> just shouts a man who just shouts stuff. And yeah. d- deep well, kind of scarily, uh, kind of on the money a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is anyway, let's let's go to lighter stuff. What do you think about this match then, Chris? You, from the um what you were saying before it, it sounds as though you, you enjoyed it. I I was thoroughly sports entertained during this match, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. As I say, it's Owen Hart, absolutely brilliant. Bulldog does the power stuff at this time as well as anyone else. Mankind yeah. is brilliant to watch. And Vader, with help from the other rest of them, looks great as well. I'm not sure what there isn't apart from what you say. I'll it's... tell you what there isn't. There's no ending to the match. No, apart from, yeah, <laughs> about say, apart from the fact there's no ending. There's no real, there's no real shoot I, lag I... in it though. I was saying, I was and no, no. I sit there watching it go, I'm really bored and can't wait for this match to be over. No. And I I can sort of understand why they want to protect Vader um, and to a slightly lesser extent Mankind, but don't put them in a tag title match then if you're not like willing to have them lose, but you still want to have your tag champions stay as they are. Mate, headbangers are the future of the company, though, because that's why. They're well, tomorrow night, <laughs> tomorrow night, we've now got Owen and Bulldog versus the headbangers, so who knows what could happen. You wait till, the you wait till we get to this 25 years of life when Raw gets good the next night and we have to start covering the Raw as well. That's going to kill us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was only like an hour and a half show back then, so it'll be fine. Um, we finally get a recap and a promo for or, uh, for a match, and it's the Brett versus Austin match. I was very excited for this one. I cannot lie. No, because let's face it, in those top 10 matches of all time, Bleacher Report style uh, things that constantly turn up, or WWE you won't believe what set. number four is. That's exactly. a clickbait shite. Yeah, <laughs> completely. You go, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, the uh, Divas Battle Royal was really no, no, it was not. 
But yeah, this is one that for comes up there in the top three on most most of these kind of top ten of all time matches, and you can understand why. And yeah. yes, I was also looking forward because it's been it's been quite a while since I've actually gone back and revisited this one. Fair enough. So the the promo package, the recap, as I say, focuses on Brett, the the history between the two, Brett. Um, basically being a bit of a whinger and Austin going after him, attacking him at all points. Um, they sort of say that there's been a personality change with, with Brett um, and he, he's desperate to win this one. Although the way that Todd Pettengale talks about it, um, you'd think that Brett Hart was like a saint um, through through this one. But yeah, they, they, they don't uh, have that pretense at the end of this one, let's say. Um so we get Shamrock out from the Ultimate Fighting World, as I say. He's wearing the tightest referee vest I've ever seen. Do you reckon he, cho- do you reckon he chose that? Or do you reckon he, ro- he rocked That was the like- biggest size they had. He ro- <laughs> yeah, he rocked up in like his normal double XL training, Under Armour training top, whatever he was wearing at the time. And Vince just goes, no. No, you will, you will, wear-, you will wear this. We're just going to spray paint this on, dear. And you go yeah. out in that. Yeah, it's one of those two. Um, Austin comes out next. I something really pissed me off here, and it's that his music starts, and then they have an actual grass uh, glass screen that smashes. Start the music with the glass. Come on, it's not a new gimmick, is it? No, but as as we learned from our Street Fight series, WWE trying to break glass. They have, yes, they indeed. have issues. In the um, Brett comes out, um, and the commentators describe it as a mixed reaction. Absolutely no fucking chance. This is a mixed reaction. The crowd love him, they're all high fiving him and everything. They're clearly planting seeds for after the match, but it, it's not th- that they were had, had turned him on, had turned on him at this point. Yeah, it's it's really thing you go. Ahead of time, when you go, you can see what they were trying to do, but the fans, as you say, the fans absolutely love him. You think 20 years out when Daniel Bryan and people like that they have the same issue, you think they'd have learned from it when they go, no, people, we're trying to bury this guy that everyone absolutely loves. Yeah, you, you'd think by now they'd have learned the lesson. But, but... I know, but as you say, there's no, there's no, when he puts those, some, his sunglasses on that kid in the front row who's wearing a Brett Hitman Hart t-shirt as well. Yeah, it's um they're, they're trying to um almost signpost it before and I don't think it quite needed that level of signposting if you like. No, just um, having just having come out the the way he acts during the match and afterwards will sell will turn will turn him on his own. You don't need it's a case of show. Don't tell show. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't want to um, try and try and describe this match and not do it justice. So do yourself a favor and, and go and watch it. The first ten minutes of it are incredibly brutal. Uh, they go into the crowd. The fans are absolutely all over them. Like you could barely see what was happening because the crowd were so close to the guys. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Shamrock trying to keep the crowd <laughs> the crowd back from them. Yeah, I'm not paid for this. Fucking hell. <laughs> Um, well, they say that look, when when Shamrock holds someone back, they stay held back. <laughs> they don't want to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely. Um, the story here is uh, Brett keeps going after the leg, obviously to try and set up the sharpshooter because it's a submission match. An interesting spot that happens quite early on is that he um, wraps Austin's leg around the, the ring post for the figure four, which was create, very creative and I quite liked the way um, Shamrock, Shamrock does a decent job here of sort of allowing things to develop, uh, but still make sure he's, he's there to ask if they want to quit and so on. Oh yeah, God, the, the worst I quit matches are whether they're constantly in their face every second. Yeah, like, definitely. No, no, if they want to quit, they'll let you know. Don't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Brett goes to ringside, grabs the ring bell, um, and I couldn't help but notice it. When he picks it up, he knocks a little can of Coke onto the timekeeper, <laughs> onto his lap. Go back and watch it if you if you didn't notice it. It just made me chuckle. He's just got, um, issues. He's just got issues with him. He's like, he just <laughs> deliberately just goes, yeah, yeah, you fucking dick, I'm that. <laughs> Pause it over his head. <laughs> little um, sort of things, yeah. Yeah. He also grabs a chair, puts it around Austin's ankle, but just as he's about to jump off the top rope to break his leg, um, Austin gets up and knocks him off the top rope with the chair. King loves it. I've never heard such glee in a man's laugh as uh, King at that point. Yeah, well, King and King and Hart, obviously they've had their their two and fro's over the over the years. I'm not sure if it is just genuine hate from King. It must be because he's not that good an actor to be able to deliver the the passion with which he hates Bret Hart. Yeah, there must be some sort of actual animosity to it as well. Um, JR says, this match isn't about the past. It's not about posing. It's not about covering a bold spot. Do you think he's talking about anyone specific that might have um, spurned them in the past? No, I'm not sure. wearing a bandana or anything? I don't know. <laughs> No, no, I'm sure it's just com- just completely unrelated to anything else going on in there. In the wrestling world in 1997, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Austin goes for a sharpshooter, but I couldn't not mention that. He puts his foot through the wrong side. So obviously when Brett does it, he puts his leg through and puts his foot on the outside. Austin puts his legs through and then goes with his right foot closer to his left foot. If it had worked, he would he'd have been in trouble, to be honest, because I'm not sure how it would have looked. But uh, Brett manages to escape with an eye roll anyway. Did you notice the a bit that clunky bit? No, I know, I noticed the clunky bit of him trying to put it on. I didn't notice how he got his legs, how he got his legs the wrong way around, to be honest. Fair enough. Back to the outside then. Brett whipped Austin into the rail and there's blood. Lots of blood. Austin, I couldn't tell whether this was a blade job or... Hard way because where the cut is is sort of on his temple, and as we've talked about before, if you're going to blade, you're going to do it front of your forehead, no, right? No, apparently it is it is a blade job, and it was Bret Hart who took all the heat. From my understanding, it was a case of he went to Austin and goes, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna blade," but <laughs> most people blade themselves, and most wrestlers say never trust anyone to blade you. Bret Hart was apparently like. No, yeah, trust me, the best way to do it is for me to blade you. And yeah, right. so Hart felt that it needed the actual blood, which is why... No, no, I, I understand. I, so i completely behind the fact and the, the sort of iconic image at the end is at, the blood adds a lot to it. Yeah. But it was just the way, the fact that it wasn't where I'd expect no. to see the blood. What, what I'd say is the way you can 
tell as well as how angry Vince is. If that was an if that was an accident, he'd be he'd be a case of he'd be apologising for viewer for the viewers. But the yeah. sheer you can hear how annoyed he is with it. Fair enough. And I say and anecdotally, apparently, yeah, is is a blade job from from Brett to Austin. So yeah. there we go. There we go. Breaking the fourth wall there, Chris. Thank you very much. Um, Austin goes up to the outside, grabs a, not sure if it's a microphone cable as they describe it. It's a red wire. It doesn't particularly matter what it is, I guess, uh, but chokes him over the top rope. Brett then manages to grab the ring bell that we mentioned earlier. He hits him with it, but disappointingly, there's no ping or any <laughs> sort of ring. <laughs> he hits him with the wooden bit. Right. If like, very disappointed. If there'd have been a ping, that man have been calling the match over. That would have been it. Like, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't want to give him any excuse to finish it early. Be like, no, I've heard, of, I've heard the bell. Heart <laughs> <Art> loses. <laughs> famous. Famously. Um, so then Brett puts the sharpshooter on. We get the famous shot of Austin clawing for the bottom rope with him just bleeding and it, the blood trickling into his mouth as he screams. Uh, he passes out from the pain and Shamrock calls it. Brett wins. But Austin never gave up. He never gave up, as just, uh, as JR points out on commentary. Is, is that the same way as if someone dies, they never gave up as well? It's just like, well, <laughs> the, act, the actual ending doesn't really matter. It's not how we got, it's not where we got, how we got there. It's where we end up in the end. He's still lost. <laughs> like, yeah, they can like, play up his bravery all they like, but exactly that's completely it. You can go, oh, he never gave up. It's like it's like right, that's fine. It's like you know what, Shamrock could beat the fuck out of me, and I'll just wander around going, oh, I never gave up. As I fucking <laughs> yeah. spent five weeks in intensive care. Yeah, I was uh, I was completely knocked out before my head hit the pavement, but uh, never gave up. <laughs> Um, so to end this one, the crowd pop pretty big when, when Brett initially wins, but then he comes back and attacks Austin. Shamrock does like a back-to-back um, back suplex on him and throws him away, um, sort of ushers for him to, to come on. Uh, but Brett, to a crowd of boos, decides not to fight Shamrock. And as he's walking away, gives a couple of kids the finger, um, really playing up the fact that, look, he's a bad guy now. Um, Austin then leaves the ring to Austin Chance as he limps away. Um, I don't think it was quite the clear-cut double turn until the aftermatch stuff that um, we already alluded to. But what did you think of this one then, Chris? It's a classic. Let's, there's there's a reason it's known as a classic. It's just non-stop. The stuff through the crowd for like the first 10 minutes is great. The sheer brutality of the stuff in the ring. The double switch with Obviously, Bret Hart going. We'll, we'll say we'll say heel at the end, even though people are still people still love love him. And oh, the there's year. more to come. Don't you worry. We'll really yeah, make true. sure he's heel by the end of the show. Chris. Yeah, true. <laughs> they weren't. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't taking any chances. They were going to make. They were going to make sure people went out hating him. And then as with Austin turning face as well, or the anti-hero with the never. Never say die, never quit attitude. We should say as well, with Bret Hart giving kids the finger, we do mean the Steve Austin <laughs> give people the finger, not Rolf Harris gives. <laughs> what are you saying about Steve Austin? <laughs> I'll say, I'll, what I'm saying is Austin gives, gives a... Flipping, gives a flipping mid, the bird. Flipping there, the bird, raise a middle finger. I'm saying 
Bret Hart, they wanted to turn him heel. They didn't want him to be hung, in, <laughs> hung on the way out. They turned him really heel. <laughs> anyway. No one been to sit there. We're not, I can't think we've gone too far with this one, lads. Yeah. Um, and at ringside, so the commentary team discuss it. JR says it's what the, as you imagine, they play up the brutality, brutality of it. And Vince says it's not a match we're particularly proud to show in the WWF. So I, I, that probably ties in with what you were saying about him being angry about the fact that there was blood. Yeah, I'll say you can tell how hacked off he is with it, with how yeah. much blood there is there. He's, he's not a happy bunny. We then got a Nation promo ahead of their Chicago street fight. There's a lot of angry talking about lots of weapons. Um, and it's gang warfare time, as right. Vince describes. Yeah, earlier in the promo... Earlier in the show, they also have the promo where they say the Chicago, the Chicago, the, uh, the fight between them will take place on the cold streets of Chicago. No, it doesn't. Takes place <laughs> no, in the ring. It might be cold out there. Who knows? It's not really it, on the street. It might well be. Absolutely, didn't take place on the street because I was watching the whole way through, going, maybe, maybe they will. Maybe they are going to do like they did when they had Goldust and Piper and their weird street, their weird street fight event. Yeah. But no, no, they, they they sell in the ring, which which is an odd. I say after the promo is an odd odd way to do it, odd way to not sell the match. I know this 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 one while while absolutely stupid and in no way a classic. I know you know that I love a street fight anyway. I know that you love a street fight. I All I could think fight. while watching this was um, how much you'd be loving what was going on. I, I, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I was again thoroughly sports entertained. The only yeah. the only show I had was the fact no one was busted open, but I think that man may have just cancelled the pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, just taking it off the air. Um, so this one, we've got the Nation who come out first. I do like the fact that the Nation are in street clothes, as we mentioned several times in our street fight uh, series of select match type. Go and listen if you've not already. Um, they're obviously continuing their... Um, their feud with Armour Johnson, but he's got back up in the form of the Legion of Doom, who debuted between the Final Four and uh, WrestleMania. Again, they don't mention that at all. There's no context to it. We'll just assume that you know exactly what's happened week to week. Yeah, I'd say it's an odd, odd one because I had no, I had no recollection they were here at this, at this time. And it's just an odd tag team when you go, oh, they've literally just thrown Ahmed Johnson together with whoever happens to be kicking around yeah. with nothing to do. Well, Ahmed Johnson gets the full Legion of Doom treatment. He comes out with the uh, the spiked shoulder pads and, and everything. The crowd are very hot into them. I'll be honest, Chris, I've never really got a Legion of Doom. I don't see what why they're considered so brilliant. No, I... It's one of those things, Legion Doom, because they might. I think it's because the fact they, yeah, they were they were okay in ring. They were because considering they came up during the eighties, and yeah. that's and what style of wrestling you got around that time with the big guys. They were good at what they did, and they were better than a lot of the big guys doing the doing the actual wrestling. And just the sheer image, and just the way they could get an abs- crowd absolutely pumped and buzzing for them to come out so i can understand why they have the the kind of icon status they do which is i can understand it's weird that they have this 
but the Steiner brothers will be four of us, Scott Steiner, rather than one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Yeah, yeah, very... Well, Scott Steiner completely transformed himself, like, physically, I suppose, is part of, the, part of it as well. Um, I do think, though, so, obviously, we've just watched a match where a brand new direction is uh, started for WWF going into the future, and it's all about uh, building into the future, not looking back in the past and so on. But we'll bring in the Legion of Doom, who are like the the, the quintessential 80s tag team, basically. Yeah, and they, they have quite a, run, quite a run. Obviously, they're never going to catch the heights of the old NWA days and stuff. But they have quite a few matches across WrestleMania's coming up over the next few Next yeah. years, and they keep turn they keep turning up again and again. So you know what, fair pl- fair play to have uh, their longevity at this point, if nothing else. Yeah, uh, this one is absolute chaos, and the cameraman completely struggles to keep up with it. There's all sorts going on: weapons, um, fire extinguishers being let off and sprayed everywhere. Um, my favourite spot of the match, though, is Animal goes to pile drive Farouk through the table uh, through the French announce table. And as he goes to pull him down, they just fall off the table and it doesn't break. <laughs> just slips off. Yeah, it does not look. It does not look good when he uh, when he attempts that. I think there's about four different fire extinguishers goes off go off at various points during the during the match. Everyone I think is, they're just spraying them into the crowd at one. They point. are. Every, <laughs> that's what everyone is coated. It's not even like when they just throw, spray them in their face. Animal walks across one pine and looks. And looks like he's been dipped in Tibex. The whole of the front, <laughs> yeah. the whole of the front crowd, front row of the crowd. I imagine at this point they're just struggling to breathe and St. John's ambulance have been rushed in to try to resuscitate them. They definitely would if it took place in the UK. Um, I'd mentioned, sorry, the fact that the nation were wearing sort of street clothes. LD and Alma Johnson didn't get the message, they're in full ring gear. That's because they're they're just business all the time. That's what it is, clearly clearly um savio puts a noose around ahmed johnson um surely they'll never hang anyone at wrestlemania chris no sure surely not i mean at least at least when we do when we go down that route in the future it's it's a gothic symbolism kind of thing the actual racial politics of hanging a black man in the middle of the ring or any part of wrestling is probably something that we have no qualifiers, qualifications or expertise or any reason to be trying to justify what's been done or explain what's happened. No, but it's, uh, I, I could, well, I wouldn't want to be Savio Vega justifying it either. In fairness, <laughs> I wouldn't want to, no, I wouldn't want to be any of them having to go back in uh, and do it. But then again, we know what, Farouk has been calling Ahmed Johnson through various promos over the yeah, preceding absolutely. month. So it's not it's not a shot that they've gone down this route in the end. It is a shame. But as I say, I'm, I'm sure there's people who, who have commented on this match in the past and will do maybe in the future far more qualified than myself to be speaking about the racial politics of it. Yes, absolutely. Fair enough. Um, so Ahmed Johnson scoops slams Farouk through the table eventually, um, the one that they couldn't get a pile driver right onto. And we go to the end of the match where the Legion of Doom hit the Doomsday device, um, which could have been the finish on its own, but then they get a, two, a massive two by four and just clothesline uh, 
I can't remember who it is. Crush, Crush I think. I think um, yeah. Crush, yeah. So they get the win and we continue the brawl afterwards with a couple more doomsday devices to send the crowd home happy. What do you think of that one then, Chris? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a technical masterclass, but as I say. It is I was, fair to say it wasn't. <laughs> no, I, I, if, if anything, I may not I may not be an expert in wrestling, but I know that's not that's not what you expect from a uh, a wrestling, a good old wrestling match. No, you know, as I say, I love a street fight and I was entertained. It's just, God, the only, I will say, even for all the, the shots and stuff, it does go on too long. By the end of it, yes, when, they hitting, I, when they were hitting, I, some, yeah, when they were hitting, hitting someone the 18th time with a dustbin, I was sitting there going, right, okay, I, I've been entertained through most of it. However, I am now quite happy for this match to come to an end. Yeah, there was nothing like they just carried on doing the same things um, for too long, as you mentioned. The trash cans being used constantly um, was quite fun at first, but yeah, come on, let's let's develop it somehow now. So yeah, chaotic brawl dragged on a little bit, but it was a nice palate cleanser, I guess, between uh, the Brett and Austin match and the main event. See, I. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was good to have it. I wonder whether I wondered on the placing of these matches because you had the chaos of Austin Hart before. I'm yeah. not sure this is the best place to then put another sheer absolute chaos of a of a street fight. I'm sure. I think this would have probably been the best place to put the Owen Vader match. To be honest, so I think this probably could have opened and then have the um, four way for the number one contenders here because you want to start the show hot um i do, sorry one thing i forgot to mention about the opening uh the the four-way elimination tag match dave Meltzer gave it minus one and a half stars <laughs> jesus so yeah i'm um, sorry you can't, you can't wrestle and minor you can't go into minus wrestling no <laughs> it's looking for yeah how does that work <laughs> But anyway, yeah. So I think this could have this match could have done a better job as the opener and has that as the sort of throw throwaway match here. But as you mentioned, there's not a huge amount of matches on the card, so some something needs to go here, I suppose. Just bring out the honky tonk again. <laughs> just, yeah. out, just, just stand there and then just cut away, and we'll be fine. Why not? Why not? Uh, it's main event time then, Chris. So Shawn Michaels comes out first, obviously, because uh, he's not involved. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? Yeah, why we we want to get the crowd up for the massive main event? Why not just bring someone who's got nothing to do with it? Um, he comes out because he's going as uh, going to be a guest commentator for the main event. He keeps doing the two sweet symbol to the fans. Um, obviously the the click having moved across. It, Vince can't be happy about the fact that he's publicly doing the thing that he famously does with his friends that are now in WCW. <laughs> No, but I suppose he's Vince is hemorrhaging talent at such a rate he can't really afford to annoy annoy people who actually are still with WWF at this point. No, exactly. Um, it takes so long for Sean to come down the ramp. He he stops and hugs every single fan. He his music starts again, which we've talked about in the past. So it's never a great sign. But he's not even wrestling here, <laughs> and he's managed to go through a whole loop of his entrance. Has he genuinely had knee surgery at this point as well? The rumor is not. Um, 
if you listen to Bret Hart, but he, um, he comes out limping like a man who is putting on the fact he is putting on surgery. a limp rather than um, yeah, yeah, maybe that is the case. Um, but that WWF were positioning it as that um, whether it was more to stop Bret Hart winning the title, who knows, or winning the title from him. Sorry, I should say. Uh, we then get a classic Sid promo where I genuinely have no idea what he said for half of it because I didn't want to turn the TV up to then have to turn it immediately down. He, he, Laziness on my part. He goes full on. He goes proper quite loud. Though. He didn't even just go quiet. We talk about minor, we talk about going minor stars for wrestling. He goes minus promo volume. He, he's screaming. And then there is no sound whatsoever when he's speaking next. And then goes no. back to screaming again. It is. It's... Why said... did he ever think that was a, a suitable promo style? I have, I have no idea. And as I, as I say, Faye the half was watching, and she, she immediately was not a fan of Sid Vicious. She, or Sid Psycho Sid at this point, she has, no, she has no knowledge or history of wrestling. But even she could see that he was shit. Yep. And she's not even seen him wrestle yet. So no, be fair though. She's also she's also called him out called him out having hair that looks like pot noodles or ramen. And also we've had a Shawn Michaels looks a lot like Michael Bolton comparison as well at this point. <laughs> Two brilliant comparisons. And I'm sure that uh, Faye's not the first person to make um, both of those. Um, he does point out that he's not scared of The Undertaker though. Um, there's one coherent thing that comes out of the promo um talking to the undertaker he comes out first at this point the fans still get their lighters out because obviously phones aren't really a thing at that point i wonder when that the the switch was weighed when people stopped getting lighters out of their pockets and started getting phone torches out instead i don't know do you reckon there's just that one person at the start who had a phone that actually lit up (laughs) everyone's just looking what the fuck is he doing what is he doing but he had a brick in his hand like, at this point. Yeah, yeah well, um, you're not locking it. You're not, you're not lighting up with a Nokia thirty two ten or whatever. It took it took a while to get proper proper light up phones. Yeah, hundred percent. The commentary team stays silent for the Undertaker's entrance up until the point where he sort of poses on the steps and raises his hands to bring the light up. They they've always done a good job of making his entrances seem more special than than most things on a card. Yeah, it's again a lo- another long entrance though. As yeah, of course it is. It's the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, it's as I say that this at this point when when I was catching up with this this match before recording going right okay just have a look see how long we've got left for the Sid Sid Undertaker. Oh, so long. About about 44 minutes at the start yeah. of the start of the match. It takes for a match between them two, and I know obviously other stuff goes on around it, and Sean comes out and everything else. But no, there should not be forty-four minutes left on the pay-per-view when they for the main event with these two. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, the commentators to point out that Undertaker is in the same um, color scheme as he made his debut with the grey um, sort of pullover boots and the the shirt and tie. Um, Undertaker's made an effort for WrestleMania. Um, well, more than uh, King has, anyway. So yes, for for sure. Um, Sean, they cut cut the camera to him on commentary. He predicts that something's going to go down. He's very into chewing his gum. 
It's just all I could focus on was his gum rolling around his mouth as he was chewing it while speaking. There's a man who's distracted himself from other, other, other yes. issues. His jaw needed something to uh, to keep it occupied, let's say. Sid makes his entrance and Vince says, well, he's not afraid of the dark. He's a grown man. Why is that something to be proud of? <laughs> I wish he was. That'd be great. Just have, have, have his thing be the fact that he won't come out <laughs> to the ring when it's dark. <laughs> Turn the lights on. <laughs> Everybody jumping. He has, is this on being first on the card? So it's still light. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Uh, Sid is very sweaty here. I don't remember him being quite as sweaty in uh, his other matches that we've covered. No, yeah, he is. He is proper. Obviously, you know, <laughs> any kind of sport when you're up and cl- up close to people, unfortunately, they are hot and they are sweaty most of the time when you're competing. But there's some things like wrestling. I would not want to be touching people who are that hot and that sweaty. No, especially when he's not done anything yet. It's just from walking. Maybe he is afraid of the dark. It's It was too dark for him when it was The Undertaker, so he was sweating from fear. They tell you, that's, there's a whole angle there. If we can get, it's still alive. I'm not even sure he is. Uh, I think he is. Here we go. I don't One think more. he's wrestled since he uh, did his, oh, his, leg um, break. his horrendous leg break. Yeah. Yes, that's fine. Because I'd be more afraid of that if I was Sid, to be honest. I'd be more afraid of skepticism. Yeah. Give out retirement for one last run. Here we go. <laughs> his wrestling ability will be as well, you know, the same as was before. You remember a few years ago where... Um, Heath Slater would come out and every week for a couple of months, a different legend would come out and hit a finisher and beat them. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was part of that as well. Uh, okay. See, yeah. I'll t- Here we go. One last run. Get the, get the Undertaker will do it. It'll, he's fine. He's just delay his retirement. Take him out of the Hall of Fame this year. We'll just do... We've got, what, four weeks till WrestleMania? Two weeks? For WWE, that is plenty of time to build a storyline yeah. that no one cares about. We need something, <laughs> that's for sure. Done. Um, I'm not. There's. It's, I don't know why they've not got us booking. At some point, they're going to hear this podcast, and we're going to be transported away, and people are going to regret not listening to us at the time when they realise we're now booking WWE. We've got things to say if people would just listen. Yeah. Oh, some point they'll realise. Some point, some point some they'll point. learn. Some point you'll all learn. You'll all learn. Turning into more kind of a threat than anything. <laughs> when did we start a world domination podcast? <laughs> they'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> you'll all see. Um, Jr. Put- tells us that this won't be a technical masterpiece. How right you are, my friend. <laughs> Brett then comes to the ring. Sean has multiple digs on him, uh, about him um, coming, coming out and he gets in the ring, tells The Undertaker that when The Undertaker slammed the cage door in his face, their friendship ended. I'm not your friend anymore and I had to come out in the main event of WrestleMania to tell you that. <laughs> that does sound proper bratty as well. Like, oh, I'm not it your does. friend anymore. I'm not your <laughs> friend. <laughs> yeah. um, he starts telling Sid that he knows he's not the real champion um, and taunts him. 
to which Sid hits him with a power bomb. Sean laughs, and yeah, it's really making sure that Brett is considered the heel now and is a bit of a uh, entitled Brett, I guess, is the the way they're going for it. Yes, you just <laughs> I I know what they were going. I know what they were going for. It's just you don't have to beat us around the head with it. We get we get what angle you go for with Brett. We see what you're actually doing. It doesn't all need to be done tonight either. Like you've got Raw tomorrow night. Well, no, they got up over a few nights. They got the headbangers to push tomorrow. Oh, yeah, night yeah, overall. sorry. That yeah, we we've got the the most important event of the uh, the night to go there. But yeah, you don't need to tell the whole story in one night. It's it, it seems, but yeah, a bit as you say, you don't need to be smashed over the head with it as um, in the way that they do here. Um, one thing that annoys me through this, uh, so obviously a large part of the Undertaker's offense is punches. Sid, when he pull, uh, when he's selling a punch, just looks completely blank, has no expression whatsoever, no. doesn't look like he's in pain, just stares at the Undertaker. Yeah, just absolutely no, no ability to convey any emotion whatsoever in the ring. I'm not sure whether... They've said, oh, your character is your tough and a psycho. And he, he's interpreted that as you're just supposed to not feel any emotion or any yeah. anything whatsoever. In which case, if they've, if they've said that to him and that's creative choice, they've, they've gone through him. Then it's not, on, it's not on his head. I feel sorry for him. If he's doing what they've told him to do. You can't blame the actor when the direction shit. No, but you could ask questions if uh, you've misinterpreted. But yeah, I, maybe we've just got Sid wrong all these years. Um, King and Sean are constantly arguing at ringside. Um, it, it's interesting that King is very anti-Sean and anti-Brett, considering where we go in 97. But anyway... Um, Vince decides now's the best time to tell us it's no DQ as well when we're 10 minutes into the match. Yeah, I, I completely missed that on commentary. So when we have when we have the ending of the match, I was sitting there going, oh, I have no, I have no idea why this has been allowed to happen because I missed that one line on commentary. Yeah, you think they would play it up, have it announced before the match, anything like that, but no. Let's not um, give our crowd any information that might build some context or any storyline. Yeah, that's the problem because obviously, as you say, it's on commentary. So, and I miss, I missed it. You heard it in the arena. They must, they must have no idea whatsoever. Yeah, hundred um, percent. This one is rest hold heavy and dull, and the crowd do not give a shit about what's happening in the ring. I, I had lost all interest in trying to trying to make notes or take anything of interest from this match, to be honest. I Yeah, my notes for, as you say, it's a 40-minute segment and we're, we're about halfway through, but I'm very, toward, I'm very much towards the end of the notes that I've made for the match. Um, I was more interested in the sort of things the commentators were talking about. So Vince tells us that Austin is backstage refusing help from paramedics. Uh, King says that Brett will be whining somewhere. And Sean says, I've got breaking news. I hear he doesn't like me. I thought that was a nice touch on commentary. Yeah. Um, there is a nice spot. I'm going to give Sid a bit of credit. 
he so the Undertaker goes for a tombstone. Sid reverses the old one where you sort of pull uh, pull the legs down, and and obviously then the Undertaker's in the same situation. It would have been really good, except that Sid sort of forgets that his knees need to hit the floor first, so the Undertaker's skull almost gets cracked open <laughs> there and then. <laughs> The Undertaker explaining why he needed to retire twenty five years later. Twenty five years yeah. later, that was just that one. That one impact has been enough to do him. Yeah, it's as you say, though, it's a good reversal. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. We don't expect magic from Sid, so I'm not going to slag yeah. him off. Uh, Probably <laughs> two good things in bit. a row, right? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna, it's like anything, you know what? When someone's struggling. There's no good kicking them when they're down. And to keep piling, you need to praise the positive work they're doing. So, Sid, well there done. you go. Keep keep going. You'll get there. One day. Um, Undertaker kicks out of the tombstone. Brett comes back in and hits Sid with a chair on the outside. Uh, Sean says he's just upset because the spotlight's not on him. Why are you here, Sean? That. The, the fact he doesn't see any irony in saying that when he's come out to commentate on a main event match that he's got no involvement in is baffling. It is That is true. To be fair, speak about good lines as well. <laughs> King does have a decent line in this when Shawn Michaels is saying, what would WWF be like without me in it? And King just goes, better. <laughs> Simple but effective, <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Beautiful. beautiful. Quite happy with that. Uh, Undertaker goes for a choke slam for two. Sid uh, has a comeback, goes for a power bomb, but Brett is back once again for the distraction. Boo this man, just boo him. That's what all we want you to do. Um, Sid is distracted, turns around into the tombstone. We get a three, which was the slowest three count I've ever seen. Yeah, that with one and two. Oh, not okay, fine, just about. Three takes an absolute age to come. I'm not it was sure as if there'd been a ref to... bump or something, but yeah, I'm not sure if Sid was supposed to kick out and just doesn't. Yeah, possibly, but yeah, it seems clunky the, at the end. We've got a new champion, then the Undertaker is WWF champion. We've had three episodes and four WWF champions so far in 1997, Chris. We're we're tearing through. Be fair, Sean Michael does say this is going to be an exciting time, whatever he is, whatever he says for it. Whatever he says, we, we don't need to remember. He says, <laughs> yeah, he says, he he says, says along, something. He says along those lines. He said he said these are going to be these are going to be wild wild times because I only know this because Faye asked at that point why. And it's like well, I don't I don't I don't know why Sean now feels we're in for wild times now that the Undertaker's champion. No, it's a uh, pretty straight down the middle sort of guy, isn't he? Uh, the crowd popped for the end, uh, but they were so flat apart from that for the, the main event. And The Undertaker poses with the title to close the show. What did you think of the main event, the title changing uh, WWF title match then? Oh, God. Well, we had, we had to get the title off Sid. So yes. you could. Job done in that sense. Yeah, job. Exactly. In, 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 like early with our tick list. Get, they must have just been one, one thing in that meeting when they were planning the w, planning the championship match. And she went, get Tyler off Sid. And they've gone, well, we've done that. And they've gone, right, let's, we'll call that a day, I suppose. That's <laughs> good work, everyone. Off you go. Don't worry. Don't worry about the rest of it. We'll just fill it in as we go along. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but from now, Sid is you sparingly, I'll say, but we will see him again in the not too distant future, but not for much longer. Um, I, the the main event was dull. Um, I, you, I, I I'm a big fan of having the the title match as a main event. So people that say that Bret and Austin should have main evented, I I disagree. Um, why not just have a better match as as the main event? Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you. The your title should be your main your main showpiece. So it should be the main event. It's we as as JR says though, when he at the start when he said you're not going to expect a wrestling classic, and we're not. I'm not sure exactly what we what anyone would have expected when we saw the main event was going to be Undertaker versus Psycho Sid. Apart from okay, Undertaker's going to come out of this with the championship. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just it. No matter who, no matter who you show that match to or show that build up to, and anyone with the most limited grasp of wrestling, if you showed them a couple of Sid matches, I went, "Is this going to be a great match?" Everyone would have gone, "No, I don't think so." There's, I'm not sure. What, there was we got exactly what was going to happen. Yep. So we can't be too disappointed, as you say. No, um, obviously not to say that we shouldn't expect better. Not to say, right, we'll go, go oh, well, the match is shit, but we should have known that, so that's fine. No, that's not... Have better matches, but people who were expecting more out of this, I'm not sure what, what you expect. If anyone was expecting suddenly Sid to come out and be like Rey Mysterio flying around He's been training a lot. <laughs> He's been training a lot between, uh, but yeah, you, you are right. It's you need to have some sort of um, um, expectations with a grasp in reality, I suppose. Um, okay, Chris, match of the night for this one. I, do I need to ask the question? <laughs> headbangers, no headbangers. <laughs> no, headbangers. tomorrow night. <laughs> Head, headbangers. The build for that just so excited. No, obviously it's it's Austin, Bret Hart because. It clearly is. It clearly is the best match on the card. But as I say, I, I do hold. I do would say that I did also thoroughly enjoy Mankind Invader against Bulldog and Owen Hart and the Chicago Street Fight. Obviously, they're not the legendary and status and the quality of Austin Hart. But I think there were more than just one great match. Well, no, sorry, there's one great match. What I mean is there were other matches that I also enjoyed kept you entertained yeah um i i definitely think that the lack so we we praised um in previous episodes although we did take the piss out of the um cheesy nature of the two men going to war and all of this but at least that gave context to why matches were taking place and i don't think this wrestlemania did a very good job of that at all um bar the brett and austin match where they yeah, they they showed the story of um of it, and obviously that that's the match of the night. It's one of the 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 most iconic WrestleMania matches, and as I say, it's so important in terms of changing the direction of WWF and moving. So we're in the Attitude Era now, sort of officially, if you like. This is when this was the event that started it all. So yeah, it's a monumental moment and. As as uh, Sean sort of said, if this is what he said, um, there's wild times ahead. 
yeah, along the, the paraphrase, something that I was half li- <laughs> something that I was half listening to. There are some kind of times ahead. They might be wild. They might be odd. They might just be times. I was kind of paying attention but to be fair i had just watched the taker against sid so you can't really hold that against <laughs> you cannot me. be blamed for that no i've just seen the actual bell to bell time for the main event chris 21 minutes 20 so we had 24 minutes of absolute filler around it that is absolutely ridiculous i think about 13 minutes of that was sure michael's coming out to the ring yeah. though <laughs> Yeah, he nearly had a third entrance uh, loop of his music. But anyway, uh, any closing thoughts then from WrestleMania 13 before we jump back to the modern day? It's... I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to... Sum, trying to sum, it's weird because we, we've started where we have and we're moving in the attitude here. It's like, old WF times, we hardly knew you. We're waving goodbye to you before we've actually delved, delved properly into your... Your charms, I, but I think we're still a year or so away from WWF Attitude T-shirts and and everything else. I think we're still going to see the, the the low production values that we've sort of had so far with the old style eighties um, WWF logo and, and that sort of thing. So I think there is still um, a, a little bit of life in the old old dog yet. So like, yeah, let's say low production value and poor quality booking. Yes, let's hope so. Let's hope we enjoy plenty more. Really hope we get forward. that. Yeah, absolutely. With Austin now established and things moving, is an exciting time to be going forward. And there's there's loads. There's so much to cover. This pay per views come thick and fast. They do indeed, which leads me nicely on to our next show. So twentieth of April, we're going to in your house. Revenge of the Taker. He's WWF champion. What's he revenging? <laughs> Probably the booking. Vince McMahon's in trouble now. Okay, thanks very much for listening. Thanks as always, Chris. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you very much for having me, Science. Uh, as always, it's been an exciting or possibly way crazy or wacky or some, something along <laughs> those lines moving forward. <laughs> It's the wackiness I can't stand. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks very much, Chris. Speak to you next time. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.